Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I live in Illinois, and I've posted about other haunted locations before, such as Bachelors Grove Cemetery, but one of my friends and I were discussing an experience we had in the woods, and we're kind of looking for some answers. So, the first event happened in late August of 2016, while we were running late one night. We both ran cross-country and track in high school, and still do to this day. My friend worked a job that wouldn't get out sometimes until 10 or 11 at night, so we would typically go running very late at night. This had been happening for a couple of years at that point, so we knew our path pretty well, and on the local running path, down 2.5 blocks into the woods that butt up against a large creek. At some points on the path in the woods, you can see houses in a park, but other times it starts to get a bit more secluded. But we aren't talking like the wilderness here, though. There is wildlife in the area, mostly raccoons, skunks, too many close calls there, a random beaver and the occasional deer and whatnot, and over the years we've seen more and more coyotes around the streets too, but never in the woods. Given our location, there isn't a local bear or wolf population as well, and this is pretty critical details to the story. Anyway... We meet to go running one night around 11.15 or 11.30 or something and I'm not entirely sure of the exact time but it was pretty late and thunderstorms were on the way according to the weather app. For this reason, both of us left our phones in the car, the one time we have and we both regretted it ever since and decided to run pretty fast to make it back before the storm. In the woods, it's mostly a wood chip trail until it gets to about 200 metres from our turnaround spot. A water pumping station as the town has had flood problems recently and at that point it turns to asphalt. We run to the turnaround spot and start running back and this was about a a quarter of a mile from the wood chips to the turnaround and back. I would estimate it took around two to three minutes given a slight stop at our turnaround. On our way back though we noticed what we can only describe to this day as an upside down trash can with a 
a fuzzy or blurred outline in the middle of the path, right before it transitions into wood chips. If I had to guess, I would say about three to four feet tall, perhaps on the shorter side. Again, I, I need to stress that this was only two or three minutes after we had just run by and come back to that exact spot. And this thing just appeared there in that short time period. We stopped running as this was obviously rather peculiar and not there when we first ran by, but continued just kind of walking closer at a slow pace. We thought maybe someone moved something in front of us as a prank as the only people that frequent the woods other than us at the time are teenagers smoking or drinking, but they're loud and can be heard from pretty far away. But this thing was completely dead silent, and we continued to get closer until we were about 50 feet away, and then it started to move. And when I say move, I, I mean that it was standing still, but... It was as if it was swaying a part of its body completely left and then completely right. We had seen a red glare on either side when it turned its head too, like a lit end of a cigarette or something when someone inhales. Not a very bright glow, but enough to be seen in the pitch black as there are no lights in that area. Talking between us, we began to become pretty uneasy at this point as this was unlike any person or animal behavior that we had ever seen. This thing made no sound and we were worried it was some sort of dangerous animal so we started backing up slowly and then we just made a run for it and it didn't follow us but stayed in its place, moving in the same manner. We ran as fast as we could back to my car and we actually drove over to this thing, arriving approximately 25 to 30 minutes later as the storm started to come in. No rain, just lightning. But looking around we found no trace of it whatsoever. No broken branches in the woods, no footprints, nothing that would lead you to believe a large creature in the woods visited us. Neither of us could explain it, and after failing to find any more evidence, we just kind of tucked it away. Fast forward to the end of December that year though, and we're on another run, one of our first at night since the incident, and we got to the pumping station, and we found a, a disturbing sight. We found what appeared to be a, a dead deer leg lodged into the chain link fence, pretty much completely picked clean with the exception of some skin and hair and the hooves at the bottom. Now, the whole thing was intact from thigh to hoof. Shortly afterwards, I decided to bring a different friend to these woods who has the ability to see spirits or something. I've mentioned him in other stories before, and I wanted to see if he could discover anything. As we walked by the spot, we saw the trash can and... He was startled and focused towards the woods. I asked him what he saw and without telling him any other information prior to our arrival, besides having some sort of experience here, he described a, a cloaked figure around the same height as what I saw, with beady red eyes just staring us down. He said that once it noticed that he could see it, it ran away quickly into the woods. Now obviously, I take everything my friend says with a grain of salt, but... In the week afterwards, my running friend was back on the trail, only to discover multiple other bones that we believed to be missing parts to the dead deer. He first discovered a, a spinal column with rib ends, just laying in the grass next to the pavement in the woods. He carefully moved it to be with the other deer leg to keep track of them all in one place. Three days later, in the exact same spot, he discovered what appeared to be a neck vertebrae, and then... A few days after that, in the exact same spot again, he discovered another bone, one which we don't know what part of the body it came from. 
Now, at first we were thinking it was just a wild animal when we experienced this creature the first time, but these other occurrences are leading us to believe that there's something else going on in these woods. Does anyone have any explanation for what may have happened here? I can't find any answers and I'm, uh, I'm desperate for any info whatsoever. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Rewind this time to year 2002. I was in a residential nationwide high school, which is in Washington, D.C., and everyone knows that D.C., or any other major city, it can be dangerous. I was invited to visit one of my friends home for spring break. I met with some local students, boys, and all of them were pretty cute. They invited me on a night out with them and one of the boys borrowed his mum's van but wanted to go cruising around Phoenix and show me the sights. I was the only girl in the group of boys and there were nine of us hunkered down in an old dodge white van. But one of the guys had a brilliant idea of doing drive-by egg throws at some point, so they got eggs and kept the van door open as they tossed eggs at pedestrians. This actually wasn't what got us in trouble, and after all of our dozen eggs were tossed, we shut the van door and were getting ready to go home. And this is when things went down. So, I was sitting in the back of the van and we were at a red light... Then a silver Honda Accord that pulled up alongside us, I, I saw two men in the car just kept looking at us. And immediately, one of them rolled down the window and actually showed his gun and was saying something that we couldn't understand. The light turned green and the boy driving his mother's van tried unsuccessfully to dart ahead or even dodge and that wasn't happening with nine high school students in the van. We were chased by the silver Honda Accord and we tried slowing down and speeding up, making quick turns, but there was no luck. Their Honda Accord was easily able to keep up and it wasn't helping that the streets were empty at this hour. We ended up accidentally cornering ourselves in when we pulled into a water reservoir entrance that had a dead end. Two guys came out of their Honda, the headlights shining into our eyes, and they both had guns. They had two each as well and were using bandanas on their shaved heads. They were surprised by how many people came out of the van and even more surprised that we were all deaf and were signing. They realized that we weren't throwing up gang signs at them and then they just said, my bad, and they just left. Being deaf saved my life that night. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It was Sunday afternoon and my boyfriend and I had just got home from a weekend camping trip. We unpacked quickly and we went to the shower right away before we had to leave for work. I anxiously kept unpacking everything and hated the fact that I'd be alone in the house until around 11pm when he got back home. Our house is old and creepy and kind of secluded too. But after he left it was my turn in the shower and I always made sure to shower when it was light outside so I wouldn't be as paranoid about every noise. I got out of the shower, wrapped my hair in a towel and threw my house coat on. Laying on my bed I was just playing on my phone and I heard the front door handle jiggling loudly. I waited for a moment and heard the front door jiggle more aggressively again. Feeling irritated, I immediately assumed my boyfriend forgot his work keys or house keys or phone or something and had to turn back, meaning that he was going to be late for work. I got off the bed annoyed and went to open the door for him and when I got to the door, I I saw a, a strange man staring back at me through the window. He was holding the door handle and turning it and we made eye contact and his eyes went wide and he just took off running and I ran to the back door to make sure it was locked and I grabbed my phone and frantically checked every window to see if the man ran to the backyard. We don't have any fences and we live in a wooded area. I couldn't see him or find him anywhere and at the time I, I didn't know if he came because he knew that I was home alone or if he'd been watching the house and saw that it had been empty the past few days or something. Either way, I grabbed my car keys, scooped up the dog, and I just got the F out of there. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. About a month ago, I moved into a house near the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. It's very secluded. Everything was great though up until about a week ago I'd say when just some strange things started happening. Not like paranormal strange, just strange in general. So I knew moving in that I would have about one acre to myself which is nice. The acre itself is just about all thick dense woods. Towards the back you can't even go any deeper because the land is too rigid and the trees just block a clear path of sight into anything. Now I live alone in this tiny house at the moment. My brother and his dog are moving in in a couple of weeks. The house is pretty small and it has a basement with a sliding door to the backyard which has a little tiny pickety fence that could be knocked down completely if someone was to, let's just say, blow on it. I decided I'd start fixing it up though for my brother's dog until he becomes well trained enough to know when to come back home and stuff. And this is when the first creepy thing happened. 
I left to go to Lowe's to just buy some basic wood for a fence, just enough to make sure the dog couldn't leap over it if he tried, and as I was coming back home, I, I noticed a man on my doorstep, looking inside my house through the side window. Even though any person could have heard me pulling into the driveway, he, he didn't even flinch at all, even when I slammed the car door shut. Eventually, at this point, I, I kind of uneasily said, Can I help you? To which the man replied, I'm just your neighbor and I wanted to say hello. I went out of my way to put the wood that I was carrying in my hand down on the ground and went to shake his hand and he didn't even move again. He just stared at my hand. After this weird encounter, I was more of just done with him, so I said that I was very busy because I was fixing my fence and that it was nice to meet him. He stayed at the front of my house for about another two minutes, just watching me put all my wood inside the living room of my house, looking into and around my house in the process. Creeped out at this point, I, I just kind of closed the door in his face and went about my business. About two days later into fixing my fence, another woman, this one looking nicer and putting a little bit of effort into her appearance, she kindly greeted me and told me about herself. Now, Mrs. H was just explaining how people don't normally move around here and I was the first in about 11 years or so. She went on to explain that the rest of my neighbors whom I knew were around and that most of them liked to just stay to themselves. After a pleasant talk with Mrs. H, I asked her about the man from two days ago. Now, this guy was about six feet, old but not too old, probably mid-fifties if I had to guess brown eyes and in decent shape and had some grey hairs. Mrs. H went on to explain that the person who lived here before me was a widow and her teenage daughter, who she homeschooled, had left because this perv started to stalk her daughter. More stuff like that was said and she eventually left and that was just pretty much that. Last night though, I, I heard tapping on my window at exactly 2.37am. I know this because I looked at my clock. Now, my window was a good four feet above the actual ground below it, and I figured it was just a bird or something, so I went back to bed. Not less than two minutes after the silence, the tapping became three really loud bangs, and immediately, I ran to the closet and grabbed my hunting rifle and hid behind my bed. Peeking over, I, I saw a figure looking into it, though, and after being scared half to death for 30 seconds, the familiar voice of that perv shouted, I, I need your help. Not knowing what to do, I, I threw my curtain open and the only thing between his forehead and my twenty-two was the half an inch thick glass of my window. And then he didn't say a word. Not, please don't shoot. Not, I still need help. Just nothing. And then he pointed behind him to the fence that I was building. I went outside to see what he wanted and this time, with a gun on me, I... I said what's wrong and he said nothing but pointed to my fence again. I looked and I saw that the fence had seemed to be run over by a car or something, with mud tracks just stopping then and being reversed into the grass. I looked at this guy's car of which the tires were dirty and had tracks coming from my backyard and I was pretty upset at what I saw and I yelled at him, what the hell man? and then put my finger on the trigger of the 22 to which he replied your fence and then he got back in his car and just left all the while i, I still had the 22 pointed at him 
It's currently 3pm on March the 2nd, and I've scraped the entire fence idea out of sheer exhaustion and, to be honest, fear. This has all really happened, and is currently happening, and I'll keep you guys updated with the situation, but I haven't contacted the police yet because I don't know if he meant to run into my fence or not, or if it was an accident, or, or what. But either way, I, I have no idea why he was in my driveway, let alone on my property. So I thought I'd share some experiences from my short time as the night watchman at a very, very old historic cemetery. I worked the 4pm to 12am shift. The cemetery generally closed at 6pm, so around 5.30pm, I'd lock the main gate and then would start driving through the cemetery to notify any visitors that we'd be closing soon. I'd instruct them to park in a line in front of the locked main gate, and when my drive through the grounds was complete, I would unlock the main gate and everyone would leave and then I would lock the gate behind them. So one day, I'm in the middle of the final drive through and I see an old lady slowly walking the sidewalk alongside a mausoleum. The mausoleum was hundreds of feet long, about 20 feet tall, and had no brakes in it. It was one long stretch, in other words. The road ran directly alongside the sidewalk of it, and so I pulled up behind the lady to tell her that we're closing, get out of my car, take my eyes off her for just a split second as I'm getting out of the car, and then when I shut the door and look up, she's gone. Just completely vanished. I didn't think anything paranormal at first, I just thought that maybe I lost sight of her or something. But the sidewalk and the road were completely empty. I ran all the way around the back to check too, but no one was there. Across from here too was a, a whole field of graves and my eagle-eyed the crap out of every row, but there just wasn't a soul in sight. And after that, I, I finished up my round and I just sat in my car the rest of the night in a, a well-lit area. I know that I saw a fully visible person, I know it. There were no tricks of light, no hallucination, it was plain as day. And this encounter seemed to break open just the proverbial dam because after this, I had numerous unexplainable occurrences. And I want to share a few with you guys now. So normally, my then-girlfriend, now my wife, would drop by around 8pm and bring me dinner since I couldn't really leave. I never told her about my experiences because, well, I didn't want to freak her out. But as I'm walking her back to her car to leave... I see her reach back and touch her ponytail and then look around with a look on her face. I ask her what's wrong and she says, nothing. I must have got my ponytail caught in a tree branch because I felt something. So I pointed out to her that the closest tree was 20 feet away and that that was impossible. And then she gets really pale and says that it felt like someone ran their hand through her hair, front to back, and then pulled on the ponytail. We were both pretty freaked out by this and... She just left after that, and she never came and brought me dinner again after that too. I was also originally hired because the cemetery had a period of time where they experienced some, some grave robbers and people breaking in to perform satanic rituals or something. I was 21 years old, doing this as a side job mind you, with no gun and no weapons or anything like that. I was given a barcode scanner and was told to drive through the entire cemetery every hour or so to patrol and to scan each of the pre-posted barcodes to prove that I was actually doing it. 
Now, this cemetery was massive, pretty much broken into three parts. The newer part, the historic part, and the famous part where celebrities and other famous people are buried. I did this routine once and never did it again, going so far as to break the damn barcode scanner so I didn't have to do it. Because, while I was driving, it was pitch black, coming around a long curved road, and my headlights picked up what I could have sworn were a pair of legs just walking across the path, but only up to the knee. There were shoes, pants, and knees, then just absolutely nothing. I obviously stopped dead in the road and just watched these pair of legs with no body cross the road ten feet in front of me. I put the car in reverse immediately, did what felt like the longest K-turn of my life, and just noped it straight back to the parking lot. A couple of strange other things have happened too, like hearing noises and seeing floating lights in the cemetery after I know for sure that everyone is gone. Weird animal sounds too that I couldn't recognize. Also, uh, the guy who worked the day shift there, which was uh, 8am to 4pm I think, was a pretty grimy dude. His name was Bart, and part of our job was to go around the cemetery and check the graves for personal effects, left by family members and whatnot, and remove them. Many people left things like toys for children who had passed away, birthday cards, mementos, all sorts of stuff. I personally hated this policy, and I actually refused to enforce it. I mean, who was I to take a dead child's toy fire engine and throw it away, right? But Bart had the habit of scaring the cemetery for things that he deemed valuable and would take them home instead of throwing them away or bringing them to the office to be picked up by the family. And in the short time that I worked there, Bart's mental state really deteriorated. He started spending hours there, even after his shift was over, walking around the cemetery and drinking heavily. He seemed detached and even more out of it than when I first met him. Eventually, when I didn't see him for a week or so, I asked about him and my boss said that he just no-called and no-showed and never heard from him again. I often wondered if he developed some type of a attachment from bringing so many objects home that he really shouldn't have. But once Bart stopped showing up, I picked up his Saturday morning shift. It was a quiet day, so I pulled my car around the back of the old chapel to take a nap. The chapel was surrounded by 12 foot high hedges, so I figured it was a good spot to park for an hour and just shut my eyes. I fall asleep and I wake up to see my car completely surrounded by dead people. It was so real and so vivid and just so much detail. They were all pressed up against the glass and the windshield and they had on the outfits that they were buried in. Suits, dresses, but all dirty and in different stages of decomposition. No one spoke and no one moved and... They all just kind of stared like I was some sort of zoo exhibit. And then I woke up. I, I had been asleep and it was a, obviously a dream, but the thing is is that it just felt so real. I've never had a dream so real and so vivid before or even after that. So I, I took it as a message and after that I, I called my boss and I quit as soon as I left at 4pm. These days, I, I go back to that cemetery from time to time because I actually have three grandparents and an aunt buried there. I never linger too long though and I always make sure that I'm long gone before it gets dark. I'm a bow hunter and I like to still hunt, which is a 
when you dress in full camo and walk through the woods rather than sit in a tree stand. Last October, I was coming down a hill into a marshy area, and it was kind of late and enough so that the side of the mountain was covered in shadows at least. I live in PA where our mountains are completely covered in trees and it gets dark pretty fast out here. When I get to the bottom of the hill I notice that it was completely silent and no sounds at all and I felt the hairs just stand on my arms. But I've been creeped at before in the woods so it wasn't too big of a deal so I kept on. I've been hunting in this general area before but I've never went down this hill so I continued creeping through the woods Mind you, I'm walking pretty slow at this point, so you can barely hear my footsteps because deer are pretty hard to sneak up on. And then I, I hear a voice call out for me from behind a thicket of small trees. The voice says, help, come over here please, I'm in trouble, help. And I swear to you that it was my brother's voice. But my brother lives in Nevada, so it couldn't have been my brother. And it even said my name. It only took me a second to realize that something just wasn't right, and, and when I did, I ran faster than I've ever run in my life. Only my dad knew where I was hunting that day, and the area is huge, and no one would have found me there, and he's too old to have played any tricks on me, but something, something out there knew my name, and it sounded just like my brother. I don't know what the hell that was, but... I don't think I'll ever be going back to those woods again. Maybe I'll move to the desert with my brother where at least I can see everything around me. So I was raised in the suburb of Ramsey, New Jersey. I was around 10 or 11 so this probably happened around the summer of 2002 I think. Anyway... Now my aunt would go grocery shopping in the main shop right of town, but it was also in the same parking lot of this pretty big strip mall. The parking lot was always packed too, and it was a hot summer day this day, and I must have been out for school for summer because I distinctly remember spending the day at the pool with my aunt, which was right down the street from the shop right. She had to do some light grocery shopping, but of course, the parking lot was packed. So she parked all the way to the side of the shop right, so it was all the way in the back of the strip mall, but pretty vacant. I asked if I could stay in the car, but she said that it'd be too hot, but I said that I'll just keep the windows rolled down, so she agreed and said that she'd only be a few minutes. Now, I can't remember if this van was already there when my aunt pulled into the spot or if it pulled in after, but I can only describe it as a dark-coloured van, similar to a, a typical mum car. And a man whose features, who have been totally wiped from my memory, opened up the sliding side door and just sat on the edge of the opening. I remember noticing him just kind of sitting there and smiling in my direction, and it made me a bit nervous. He was wearing normal summer clothes. Nothing about him was particularly frightening, but he was just sitting there, staring at me. I wonder if that's why his face is lost to me, because I tried not to look in his direction, because it was just really awkward. By the way, he started to go phew and fan himself dramatically. It really seemed like he was trying to get my attention, but I just kept ignoring him. I had one of those cheap water toys where they were shaped like a, a mini Game Boy, and you would push a button and a, a ring or a shape would be pushed up, and you had to aim it into a little basket. And I was just playing that when, finally, he addressed me and said, 
Oh, it's so hot out. I can't imagine how hot you must be. I awkwardly nodded and he said, did you go swimming? He obviously noticed that I was sitting in my beach towel and all I had were my shorts above my one-piece swimsuit. I said yes and awkwardly tried to focus on my toy. He leaned himself on our car and the windows were almost all the way rolled down and then he said, I have air conditioning. Why don't you come and wait in my car? Are you waiting for your mum? I said no thanks to this but he kept insisting that it was hot in my car and I must be so miserable. It felt like forever that he was just trying to convince me to get out of the car and he also kept asking me who I was waiting for. I kept saying that my aunt will be back, she just needed a few things and eventually he must have gotten bored with me and shrugged and said, I hope you don't overheat in there and closed the passenger side door and just sat in the front seat. He turned the car on and sat there for a little bit more before he pulled away and I remember feeling just so incredibly nervous and had that distinct anxious butterfly feel in my stomach. A second after he pulled away I saw my aunt not far up with a lot of her groceries and I told her that a man asked me if I wanted to sit in his car with the AC and wait for her and he was really annoying. She was obviously like what? You're lying and I insisted that it happened but she just looked confused and said that I made it up in my head. To this day she doesn't believe me too and thinks that the heat must have really gotten to me that day. I usually jokingly tell her that she's lucky she didn't get arrested for leaving a kid in the car on a hot summer day. I still don't understand why the man didn't try harder to physically take me out of the car. I don't know if I understood what he was trying to do back then but as an adult the memory's pretty chilling. But the windows were rolled down and he could have easily unlocked the doors. I wonder if it was the busy parking lot that literally saved me. If I had been forced out, I 100% could have caused a scene and for sure someone would have at least noticed. But all I know is that some guy back in 2002 thought that he was smooth enough to convince a kid to jump in his minivan to enjoy his air conditioning. I'm just grateful that for whatever reason, I decided to not get out of the car and hopefully he was never successful with whatever his intentions were. So, uh, a little preface before I start this. I've always been on the sensitive side of the paranormal, ranging from just uh, knowing something that I shouldn't have to seeing stuff. I don't usually talk about this kind of stuff since most people around me just kind of dismiss it as my imagination or the fact that I was just dreaming or something. Anyway, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was deployed to Afghanistan in October of 2011. I was on FOB, a forward operating base, Hanson for the first few months, and FOB Jackson for the last few months before getting moved to Camp Leatherneck for the last month-ish when our replacements showed up. My job was to operate the laundry service as well as provide clean water for the showers. Technically not clean enough to drink, but you could if you needed to for US and Afghani troops. After the first month or so on Hanson, whenever I tried to sleep, I swear that I could feel a, a hand grabbing at my calf and slowly work its way up. I immediately dismissed it as just being a result from stress or sleep paralysis type thing and it would kind of subside since it wasn't a very strong feeling at all. This happened for a night or two a week but eventually stopped. Fast forwarding to when I was on Leatherneck, nothing happened when I was at Jackson or even my short trip to Nole, so I forgot about what happened. 
At this point, uh, a lot of real-life stuff had happened, and I was having issues going to sleep, so I would play music in some earbuds, or I would re-watch a movie in my head. Basically anything to get my mind off the day's events, and I slept in a room with two to four other people, so depending on who was there, I would try to be considerate, especially with the not-ideal layout of the six or so bunk beds. Also, uh, I need to mention, and it's an important detail, that there was an emergency exit sign above the door that glowed a, a soft orangey kind of red colour. So, one of the nights I was running something in my head, 100% awake, eyes closed though, no headphones, and I heard two people, male and female, talking. This is not something that I would have imagined at all, but I was curious since I could hear them quite clearly, and the conversation went something like this. So, someone says hi, and then another male says hello, and then someone says, what are you guys up to? And a female says, we're just looking around. Another person says, where are you from? Uh, we work for so-and-so. And then, you work for so-and-so. And then, the female says, no, silly. And then, I felt a slap on my sleeping bag. I immediately propped myself up on my elbow and looked down at my sleeping bag, and there's a, a physical handprint in the fabric. An old three-part puffy sleeping system, and... It was where I felt the slap, and it was at an angle that no one in the room could have gotten at. The other two were pressed out with headphones on the other side of the room, and there was no one else besides the three of us in there. At this point, I, I just noped the heck out of there for a smoke, and when I returned, I put in some headphones, and I just eventually went to sleep. Two nights later, I, I had the worst dream to date, though. I hope it was a dream anyways. So... I woke up in my bed and noticed that the normal orange light was blue. There was a, a faint electrical buzz and there was a figure standing in the light. It was a, a solid black figure. No discernible facial features, but it looked like a, a British boy from around the early 1900s, based on the outfit. But when I looked at it, I, I just felt the worst sense of fear and dread that I've ever felt too. I mean, you could tell me that I had to go and drive over a landmine and I wouldn't have felt like this. After a few seconds though, I, I just kind of blacked out. And after that, nothing occurred for the rest of the time that I was there. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.